Hey there, and welcome to episode number 75 of Become a Guitarist Today with myself, Adam Roach. Now in this episode, I talk to guitarist Bill Hudson from the band North Tail. So we talk about how he first got started learning in Brazil and then moving over to America. We chat about the band's new album called Welcome to Paradise, which is out now. So do yourself a favor, go grab it, have a listen. If you want to grab the album, check out the link in the show notes. It's a great album with some amazing playing involved. So all the songs you'll hear throughout this podcast are all from the new album, Welcome to Paradise by North Tail. So North Tail consists of Bill Hudson on guitar, Christian Erickson on vocals, who's an amazing singer, Mikkel Plainfelt on bass, Jimmy Pitts on keyboard, Patrick Johansson on drums, who was the drummer for Yingwei Malmsteen. Now before we go over to the interview, once again I'd like to thank my sponsors, Custom Guitar Picks and Living Music. So thank you both for your support. And don't forget, I do have my new YouTube channel there as well, called Adam Roach Guitar, with some great tips in there about learning guitar and songs for exams and lots of different things you can play along to. So I'll be updating that every week as well. So again, the link is in the show notes, so you can have a look at that one. So let's go over to the interview now with Bill Hudson. Become a guitarist today. That's, That's it. awesome. So basically, um, I just interview like all different artists about you know, how they started uh, all about themselves great great sounds great yeah so we might get started with how you first started that's okay yeah yeah of course now i noticed you studied it was it mi you you studied there yeah i did i went to mi for but i dropped out okay i, I didn't i didn't graduate i went there for like maybe two semesters i can't even remember yeah it was back in 2004 I had just, you know, quit school in Brazil to go there, but I, I, it wasn't my thing either. I ended up dropping out. I still have a lot of contacts there. I still talk to a lot of people there. Yeah. But I didn't graduate. Okay. Yeah, because I've had a few guests. Do you know Frank Gambali? Yes. Yeah. That's one of my favorite guitar players. Okay. Yeah, I've had him on a couple of times on the podcast because he's originally, originally from Australia. Yes, I'm yeah. very aware. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I have a funny I have a funny story about that because when I was a kid, yep. um I had his his uh VHS uh speed picking and monster lick. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh and I got that around the same time that I started learning English because you know, v- being from Brazil, like, yep. you know, Portuguese was my language. And I remember watching that video and even looking at the subtitles, I couldn't understand them. Oh, really? <laughs> and, and recently I went back because I actually wanted to learn the Monster Lick again. Yeah. And I went back on YouTube and I watched them. I'm like, okay, well, now I understand him. But yeah. back when I was a kid, it was so hard. Like, I was like, he doesn't sound like in the movies. That was my first experience with an Australian accent. Oh, well, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> That video is a big part of my development as a guitar player, by the way. Frank, if you're listening to this, man, thank you. Thank you for years and years of study. Yeah, he played down here uh, about two months ago, so I finally got to meet up with him in person, which was great. That's cool. So did you get many ideas from that to incorporate in your own playing? From his? Yeah. from this stuff, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, I, I think that so much of his playing is already in my playing naturally that I can't even tell anymore, you know, because, because that video came, came at a very important part of my life. There were, there were three, three very important videos in my development as a guitar player. Um, That was one of them, the speed picking and melodic. Uh, And then the other one is, was John Petrucci rock discipline. And, uh, 
and then Paul Gilbert, uh, Intense Rock 2. You know, and the only reason is the two is because living in Brazil, the only way to get those tapes at the time was buying from the store. They would pirate them, oh, okay. but they didn't have intense rock one, you know, yeah. so, so I only had two. And then a few years later, they got me the Michael Romeo from Symphony X one. That was good, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it was mostly just Symphony X licks, you know. Yeah. But those videos were, I mean, as far as like technique and like phrasing is concerned, them like so much came from those videos. You know, this is this is my favorite thing about the days of YouTube, you know, like because you you can watch just that stuff like, you know, instantly when I when I was growing up, that was not the case. Some of these videos were like mythical. Everybody always told me about the Richie Cotson video, but I could never find it. Yeah. No place in Brazil had it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So going back to the Brazil days. So how did you go with that loading guitar over there? Like, was that a big thing over there? Oh yeah, I just actually just talked about this on a, on another podcast. I oh, think okay. that in Brazil we are exposed to much more, um, like you know, like here in America, metal kids basically grow up with Slayer, Pantera, Metallica. Yep. They grow up with like heavier bands that don't emphasize the lead playing as much. We grow up with stuff like Angra. You know, like like Kiko Loreiro has been our national guitar hero since like 1992. Yep. You know what I mean? So we grow up very accustomed to that kind of play. Mm. And I, dude, I noticed that right away when I moved to America. The guitar players that people were talking about here, I'm like, are you guys serious? Like, have you guys listened to, you know, and I would show them some of this, the, the power metal stuff that I would grow up listening to. Yeah. And people in America were very put off by the vocals. It still happens, you know, they still are, you know, but, but at least like Dream Theater caught on now, you know. Mm. So like that was a big thing in Brazil. Angra came out around 1993 okay. and they got really big around 94. Yeah, 93, I think they were pretty big, 93, like 96. And every musician of my generation has been inspired by those guys you know what i mean we they came out and were like like me and all my friends you know all my friends were we were all just trying to be the next anger back in the day yeah and uh but see like on the flip side brazilian guitar players in general tend not to be that great on the right hand okay you know mm. because we we spend so much time worried about the lead playing mm. we all we want to be the shredders we want to be the guys you know in the middle of the stage with the spotlight, yeah. but you know, and a lot of people in Brazil neglect the right hand. Mm. You know, uh, Moisés from Crazyun might be like the only really, really good like right hand player that we have, or Antonio from Corsos as well. Yeah. But I mean, these are less lesser known guys, you know. Yeah, yeah. And that is something that I struggled with in the beginning when I arrived in America. You know, because I, I had to play some of the stuff that the people here. Yep. The guys here are playing, but of course, when you grow up playing Slayer, you're going to have a whole different approach to it. Mm -hmm. You know, playing at 200 beats per minute was not something that I was doing all the time. As a lead player, yeah, I mean, you know, like, but, yeah. but I wasn't doing like galloping rhythms at that, at that speed back in Brazil, okay. you know. 
And then when I got out here, I'm like, oh, shit, I got to study this whole different side of guitar playing now. Oh, interesting. You know, but yeah, in, in Brazil, we're very inspired by that, by Kiko. And then, and then, they, and then you know, uh, guys like Frank and Bally are actually pretty big there. I went to a clinic uh, in, man, I was like 14 years old. I probably have a picture with him somewhere. Yeah. You know, he came to my school and did a clinic there and it was packed. Mm. Like Gambali, Alan Holdsworth, even Scott Henderson, you know, like I hear oh, yeah. more more from Scott Henderson from Brazilians than from Americans, and he lives here, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I think Brazil has a very, very, very good just guitar history in general. Mm. You know, we have some of the best players there, but they just don't have a chance to get out, unfortunately. <laughs> So maybe when I think of Brazil, I think of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. <laughs> <laughs> That's a stereotype. And, and you know what, man? I tried that shit. Yeah. I spent I spent last year trying it. Yeah, I not my thing, man. Yeah. Not my thing. <laughs> it, it's kind of a cultural bias in a way. Yeah, yeah. You know, because I, I, I see like dumb dudes trying to start fights at clubs in Brazil yeah. and wearing jiu-jitsu t-shirts. And and a lot of the times they're not even competitive. They're just fucking posers. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I grew up seeing those guys and, and when I went to try here, I just that's all I can think about. <laughs> but so I went to a gym and I, I took a uh, jujitsu and I took kickboxing and I ended up just going for kickboxing and I like that better, okay. you know. And which yeah. is funny because I'm like the only Brazilian that does kickboxing yeah. instead of jujitsu there. Yeah, <laughs> well I'm exactly the same. I've been doing yeah kickboxing oh Muay Thai actually for about um yeah 15 years now and I love it. Yeah, it's great. Oh, you do, man. Yeah, I'm I'm starting out. It, it is Muay Thai too. You know, I just say kickboxing because I think it sounds cooler. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> but but I, it, because I think of Jean Claude Van Damme. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but, but uh, yeah, I'm start, I'm starting out. But yeah, I mean, I haven't been interested in anything outside of music like that in yeah. a while. You know, so I even bought a dummy here at my house and I punch it. But yeah, no. But back to the to the Brazil thing. I mean, yeah, jujitsu is probably what we're we're most known for. Maybe soccer a little bit too. But man, I mean, Sepultura. You know, Sepultura is yeah. is an entity, and it comes from Brazil. But I did not grow up listening to that. Yeah, you okay, know, yeah. which is really really weird. I mean, there's the anger fans and the Sepultura fans, and I was an anger fan. It's really it's really weird. I I learned to appreciate Sepultura after I left. Okay, yeah. Dude, there, uh, what record was it? I think it was, uh, someone showed me Morbid Visions for the first time already when I lived in America. Mm. And I was like, that sounds nothing like Sepultura. Because <laughs> <You know? laughs> my idea of Sepultura was like Territory, which, I mean, that was a huge, that was a huge hit in Brazil. Like mainstream hit. That was on the radio, it was on MTV. Mm. So everybody knew that. And, and of course, I was a kid at the time. When that came out, I was like 10. But to me, when I thought of Sepultura, that was what I thought about. You know, I had no idea of their death metal past until real death metal people here in America showed it to me.
So, yeah, from there then, so you went to yeah, the States and, I mean, you've done thousands of bands looking at your little resume thing there. Yeah. <laughs> and now leads us up to today with uh, North Tail. So I know we have mm-hmm. a little bit of time, so maybe we'll just talk about the new album if we can. Uh, I had a listen to it. Yeah. I must say congratulations. It's a great album. What's your favourite song? I really liked uh, Bring Down the Mountain. Oh, nice. That's our singer Christian's favorite song. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, honestly, as far as guitar playing goes, that's my favorite too. Okay, oh, good. But it's not my favorite to listen to. My favorite to listen to is Follow Me. But, oh, yeah, yeah. but that's, as far as the guitar work goes, Bring Down the Mountain is probably the most interesting one. Yeah, it's probably one of the heaviest ones, would you say? Yeah, it's the only one that, that I use a seven string in the whole album. Follow Me, the thing I wrote about that one was the, the, the arpeggios. Yeah, those are pretty crazy. That's that, yeah. <laughs> and, and and I'm doubling that with the piano too. Yeah, yeah. Was, with things like that, do you actually write them out and then give them to your keyboardist and say, "Hey, learn this." Well, oddly enough, this one that you're talking that we're talking about, "Follow Me," yeah. Jimmy actually wrote that. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I just uh, because all of the other ones I wrote, and yeah, I did that. You know, I, I write it on MIDI and I send it to him, and I'm like, just play it exactly like that. Yeah. But for Follow Me, I actually asked him to come up with it. Because I'm like, you know, I, I think the licks are, are going to start sounding too much like me and nothing like you. Okay, yeah. So, so you write this one. You know? So that whole arpeggio thing was his. Now, the other one I want to talk about was uh, Siren's Fall, where you got the, uh, the, like, the guitar and keyboard duel thing going on as well. Yeah, it's funny, man. That song was almost out of the album. I almost didn't do it. Oh, really? In fact, I, I did it because Christian sent me vocals for it. And I was like, I thought we were dropping that song. He's uh. like, no, but I came, up, I came up with these parts and let's do it. I'm like, okay. Because we actually wrote that song together me christian and michael we had a writing session in stockholm for that and i can't remember exactly why but we were gonna drop it mm. you know i was uh, uh, maybe because we had too many songs or something yep. but uh but the funny thing about this song is with you now every interview yep somebody has mentioned it oh, really? you know it, it, it's everybody's favorite i read reviews all reviews say it's a standout track yep so it's funny because I ha- none of us could predict that. And, and the funny thing about Sirens Fall, uh, guitar-wise, is that for the longest time, and dude, and I mean the longest time, like yeah. maybe like a week before we, re- we delivered the album, yeah. we just called it the Ingve song. Because <laughs> we, di- we didn't have a title. Yeah. And, we, we, and we thought, to me, it had very much an Ingve vibe. And when we went to when I when I went to do the solos, I'm like, I started doing some of it. And then I listen back and be like, ah, people are gonna say this is too Ingve. Yeah. And then I was like, fuck it, you know. Yeah. I mean, I can't possibly play it as good as he can. I can just show my 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 inspiration, you know. So that's been the whole thing with that song. And the lyrics are about an anxiety attack. It's basically our singer going through an anxiety attack throughout the song. Oh wow! Like it's pretty. 
when you listen to the lyrics and read it, it's kind of, it kind of, I don't know, it kind of gives me an anxiety a little. I've done video playthroughs for for Sirens Fall and Bring Down the Mountain and Shape Your Reality last week. Oh, really? By the time this comes out, they'll probably be out. Oh, cool. Did you write nearly like all the songs on this album, the music? Uh, me and Christian together, yeah. Yeah. I wrote the initial songs like before I met anyone in the band. It was supposed to have been my solo album. That those yeah. two songs are Shape Your Reality and If Angels Are Real. Those were the the two first ones that we had. Initially I wanted Christian to sing it just as a guest on the solo album. Then suddenly we became a band and we wrote higher together. is the only song that actually has contributions from everyone in the band and uh, Sirens Fall was me, Christian and Michael but then all the rest is basically I do the music Christian puts his vocals on top of it oh cool that sounds great well no that's not true either because a lot of the guitar riffs he does send it to me I gotta give that guy credit he has some good ideas yeah that's really good yeah so any, any plans of coming to Australia or see what happens Oh, dude, I want to go so bad. I've never been there with any band. Yeah. I've been to 42 countries, and Australia's not one of them. Oh, really? Yeah, man, I would like to go there. I, I had a I had a few years ago, well, a few years ago. This was like 2007 or something. Yeah. My band at the time was supposed to have played a sound wave, oh, but yeah, yeah. the band broke up. Oh, no. The band broke up before that could ever happen. Yeah. And that, that's the closest I've ever been to being there. Yeah. Well, hopefully John can organize it and get you down here. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, I, I hope so. I hope so. And uh, I mean, it's uh, I, I like to believe that there's sort of an audience for this kind of music out there. Oh, yeah. Right? Definitely there is, for sure. 100%. Yeah, Camelot went there and it was pretty good, I, I, they told me. And I know Rhapsody is about to go too. Yeah, yeah. I interviewed Luca the other week. Yeah, they're coming down October, I think. Huh, really well. Maybe I should bother those guys and go support them or something. That's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. What really influenced you to start playing guitar? The one thing, the one thing that I'm like, okay, this is what I'm gonna do for the rest of my life was when I saw Guns N' Roses video, November Rain. Yep. And Slash walks out of the church and does that solo. Mm. Dude, that's still the coolest thing ever done by anyone in the world, in my opinion. Yeah. Like I still I still watch that. I'm like, how is this guy 27 years old? There's something about that shot something about that solo you know like 
it's the easiest solo ever, you know, but, but there's something about it, something about the feel of it and the way, and the way he looked in the, I, I just, I, I knew that's what I wanted to do, yeah. you know, and I know I'm not the only one. I know a lot of people who started playing guitar because of that same scene, mm. you know? So he was the first inspiration, and then, but then shortly after, I found Iron Maiden, and that became my my real obsession. Yeah, you know, Iron Maiden was there. There were a, there's a few artists that changed the course of things for me. So Slash made me start. Then Maiden got me obsessed with learning guitar. Yeah. When I wanted a, a little bit more of a challenge, I found Ingve Malmsteen, and and when I thought very stupidly that i could play his stuff yeah because as a teenager i really thought i could do it you know and i when i play now i'm like no there's no way i was playing this right but when i thought stupidly that i could that i had achieved ingray status i found john petrucci and that's and then i stayed on that for a while and uh that's when i started sort of developing my style you know but but those those you know uh, slash dave murray ingray john petrucci and then at some point also, like in my late teenage years, Chris Oliva appeared. Yes. But by that time, I was already I was already pretty proficient. You know, like he wasn't like a, an inspiration at the beginning. I really, I really appreciate your time, man. No, thank you. Cool, man. Really appreciate this. All right. Thank you. And have a good afternoon. Yeah. And hopefully I'll see you in Australia soon. Hopefully. Take care. (laughs) No worries. See you later. So don't forget the album is out now. So click on the link in the show notes and you won't be disappointed.